If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open those up. If you don't have a Bible, um, there's some in the back. Um, Today's scripture reading is going to come from Acts 9. We're going to be in two places in Acts 9. Acts 9, 1 through 9, and then we'll flip over to verse 31 as well. Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. I am Jesus, the one who you are are persecuting, he replied. But get up and go into the town and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground as though his eyes... And though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. And if you flip over to verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. It's the word of the Lord. Thank you all for uh, watching that uh, video. If you're you're interested, those videos are from uh, this ministry called The Gospel Project. It's online. Uh, The videos are free uh, for use for groups or for church services, and uh, thankful Hunter shared the scripture with us. We will stay in Acts 9, uh, as he read uh, part of it. I will, uh, I'll be reading uh, some more as well, but do want to emphasize uh, what the video uh, did, being the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are, we're going through this series in, in Acts and calling it Spirit-Filled, and if you were watching the video, the reason is you heard over and over again uh, the influence and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit uh, for followers of Christ. And I, I do think, I love these videos because they, I think they tell the story, in my opinion, like the whole story of the Bible in a very captivating way. Uh, but also it shows different aspects, like we can focus on the resurrection, but as the video said, It was the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that raised Jesus' body, that gives us new life. And I think often we just don't have as full of an understanding on the Holy Spirit for the empowerment, as it said, for the influence in your life, and for the encouragement, encouragement that He gives. And so something I would love for everyone to do, uh, I love Jay saying earlier, I beg you, so I know how he feels. I beg you to do this as we're going through Acts. We're going to go through the whole book uh, really into the summer. But if you read it, whether it is in a a Sunday worship service 
or on your own, underline and highlight places in Acts where it says filled with the Spirit. Or just wherever it says something that the Holy Spirit did. Because often we can just kind of glance or glaze over the work of the Holy Spirit as we are reading the Bible. But it's so vital for us today, for Christians then. I mean, give you an example. Here in Acts 9, Hunter didn't read this part, but I'm going to read it later in Acts 9. Ananias, who I'm going to talk about in a minute, says to Saul, The Lord has sent me, this is verse 17, so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this whole series in Acts is titled Spirit Filled. And you will see those two words or three words filled by the Spirit or four words uh, over and over in Acts. That he or she was filled with the Spirit. And then I love, and the reason I asked to read this uh, verse on in the chapter, verse 31, I find this fascinating and really the whole theme of the message is going to be about this. Verse 31, they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know what you think about that or if you would be fascinated by that, but I always think of an encourager as a person uh, speaking a word of encouragement. Holy Spirit is a person, third person of the Trinity, but here they're, they're encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And I do believe then and now the Holy Spirit can encourage us and people filled with the Spirit can encourage us. Uh, And I would love to be one of those people both today and always. And I would love for you to be one of those people. And I think it's a big part of when we say raising unlikely leaders. You're filled with the Spirit. And the Spirit's filling allows you to encourage others. You know, I really think you could break every conversation that you ever and always have, anybody, uh, into one of two types. And that is, is it an encouraging conversation or is it not? And in every, every conversation that we have, that you have, we all have the opportunity to be an encourager or not. And I have had, as you, I mean, many conversations in life, and some I go away with, and I don't really feel encouraged at all. Uh, and then others I go away from, and I just feel very, very encouraged. Now, I think that that's a natural aspect and a gift, uh, but for you're filled with the Spirit, you see this in the Bible, you see this, uh, I mentioned Ananias, who we're going to read about in a minute, and Barnabas. Barnabas was actually called the encourager, and you see Barnabas later in this chapter. But, but really, every conversation can be broken down. I mean, you can talk, uh, you know, think agendas or, or gossip, but the bottom line, was it an encouraging conversation or was it not? And my hope and my prayer for me, for you, is that we could be encouragers. And sometimes, like, well, how can you do that maybe in a challenging conversation or a difficult conversation? Well, you know what? If you believe in the Holy Spirit as a supernatural force that's working in all situations, believe that there are no accidents in Christianity, you can be very, very encouraging. I mean, I've had challenging, con- confrontational conversations that have led to great encouragement. So today, we're going to talk about seeing encouragement. And hopefully, Lord willing, be more of an encourager to one another, to one another here, uh, and to others that we meet out there. Uh, one, so I want to just highlight several things 
that I hope will encourage you today, each of you. And the first thing is if you took Acts 8, which we looked at last week, and Acts 9, which we're looking at today, and Acts 10, which we'll look at next week, you have three men, and they all gave their life to some type of wealth and or power. And these three men's lives were radically changed by the gospel by Jesus Christ. You're like, well, who's that? How that? What do you mean they gave their life to wealth and power? Well, first, the Ethiopian. We talked about him last week. Uh, as a unit, uh, these men uh, biblically gave their life, literally. They said, I'm, we're not going to have a family, and so we're going to be very close to wealth and power, to kings and queens, to guard or protect them. And so we'll give up a family life so that we can be near or next to, and really have, because when you're close to it, you've got it, wealth and power. And he was changed, we saw last week, and baptized and saved by Christ. Saul, okay, so we're calling him Saul right now. He will be Paul, but right now he's Saul, okay. And those of y'all who know the Bible and your your Bible story, like, well, I don't, he gave up for wealth. No, he gave up for power because power was very, very much concentrated in religious power, in the uh, Jewish religious power, like the temple and the Pharisees. So Saul gave his life to uh, education and to knowledge and to rise up to a position of influence and power because he had great powers we see in this, in this passage. He was, he was already having people killed, and he had great influence, and Jesus changed his life. And then the third guy... Cornelius next week, he gave his life over to power of a military aspect. He was in the Roman guard. He had authority over men. And I say this as encouragement because most or many or a lot of people I know, we don't ever say it really, but we often give our life to some version of wealth and power. You know, I had the opportunity this week, I was with a pastor's group that I'm part of, and we were in New York City. And I don't, uh, I, I don't uh, get to go there often, so spent most of the week in New York. So you're going to hear a few New York stories. Um, some of you be like, yeah, that'd be cool. But I don't know. I'll see how you, how you feel about it. But one story is I was talking to this pastor, and he was, uh, he was talking about ministering to people in New York, New York City. And so he's, he pastored a church in New York City, small church. Uh, there are a lot of small churches in, in New York, uh, in Manhattan. And he said, you know, it's, it's really tough here because the people who come, they are, they're working their tails off uh, for some version of wealth and power. And they work really long and really hard because they know if, if they don't uh, achieve or if they don't cut it, there, there's somebody else that will, you know, is willing, eager, take their place. And he said, so I'm pastoring to these people. And he said, but you know what they're really thinking? Because they've told me this. He said, they're really thinking, you know, man, I'm, I'm just afraid people are going to find out I'm not all that. Because they make every effort to put the best foot forward. They make every effort uh, to look the best and, and kill it, crush it, whatever that saying is, and do the best and, and do it. But there's this internal insecurity that I would say is not uh, so dissimilar from that that we face too of like 
Somebody's going to figure out that I'm really not all that. And there is this, uh, there is this effort uh, for success, uh, for wealth, and for power. And so I hope that there is, there's an encouragement for us that these, these men here in the three chapters uh, were seeking that. And Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, uh, gave them the peace, the fulfillment that they were looking for, that they didn't have to prove themselves, whether in New York or Jackson or wherever, that that's what they were looking for. Another, another word of encouragement to you, you just begin Acts 9, because you may be thinking out there, that's great, but you know, I'm not, I don't, I mean, I, I, look, I, I did the song and dance, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, I really, and by the way, so I hear, I see this like all the time, but I really can't kind of go past that, okay, I'm, I'm saved, I've got my, I got my ticket in heaven, but I got a lot stronger interest, uh, like my kids or kids sports uh, or right social network or, I mean, y'all know the influences around here. See, like, I don't know if God can use me. Well, here's a guy looking at Saul, just verse 1, said he was breathing, not just breathing threats, he was breathing murder, breathing murder. I, I hope none of you or none of us have, like, planned a, a murder. Uh, we may have, like, thought about in our mind we wish someone would die you might ever had that you don't have to raise your hand but anyway just check it i mean be real we're human we're broken but this is a guy who plant who planned like real murders of christians okay i mean in today's terminology i mean saul would be and i'm not this is this is not uh this is no jump here saul would be a member of isis okay that's that's who god chose uh that's whose life was changed Killing Christians, not just threatening them. And the Holy Spirit changed his life where, you know, he wrote over half the New Testament. So as an encouragement to you, you're like, man, I can't do that. Or, man, God can do anything. I mean, it's, we put our limits on God. And, and sometimes I think that really becomes a barrier for our own life. So the encouragement that I would have is just believe, man, God can do anything. I mean, whether you're 30 or 50 or 80, God can do anything. God can use you in great and in miraculous ways. He used Saul here. So Saul is going to Damascus, and he's you know, got these murderous plans. And so then he sees this vision. He sees a vision of the risen Lord. And if you know the Sunday school story or the Bible story, it says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus, okay? You know, who you're persecuting. I say that as encouragement, like, and you're going to think I'm crazy now, but I was thinking about it. I was out of town this week and I always kind of get a little inspiration when I'm out of town. I was, I was reading this book and I used this word earlier and I don't think, I don't know if you called it or not because it's, it's not used much. And really you hear it and you're like, that eh, sounds like a fairy tale or something. I use the word enchantment. Like we as a culture, and I'm not just talking about like here or just talking We've lost a sense of enchantment that I believe the Holy Spirit gives. Let me make it clear for you. I think it's totally possible if one of you or me or had a vision of the risen Lord, uh, literally, you know, figuratively, just totally had a vision of him, not as a dream, like, you know, you just, you just see him. I think that's totally possible. And I know I'm not nuts, okay? I'm not. I mean, I, I, to, I, was, I was with a brother Earlier in the week, and he is, uh, 
I say a brother. He's not a brother. I say it like that. He's not a brother because he's not a Christian. He's a buddy. He's a good buddy. He happened to be in New York and uh, actually lives in England. And he was there randomly. And so we were able to get, get dinner. And he's not a Christian. And he was saying, you know, this and that. And I was like, look, I have, I have a different... Uh, and this dude's very, uh, very bright. He actually teaches at Oxford, like the other Oxford, okay, over there. Um, yeah, I'm glad you're following me. I'm going to throw that in and see if you're paying attention. And I said, man, I have a different, I mean, I have a different way of looking at the world. I mean, I, I believe supernatural activity is, like, always possible. And as Christians here, so we're like, okay, I'm not that guy. I'm a Christian, brother or sister. But still, I th- man, we, we've lost this sense of enchantment that the Spirit could give, like that you could see a vision of the, of the risen Lord any time. Like, these, these lights could shut out, shut off, and that cross could glow. That, that could happen. And you're like, man, you're, you are, in your mind, some of you are like, you are nuts. I, I know that sounds, I believe that's totally possible. And you know, our problem is, and my problem too, is that we really like that, in my mind too, I'm like, that, that really just couldn't happen. His light just shut off, you know, it just couldn't, it just couldn't. Yes, that's, the world we live in has indoctrinated us to like, we just lost it. Like, now oh, come to church. No miracles today. No glowing cross. I mean, if they do, like, oh, man, you're kind of changing the worship service. New lights or something, you know? New sound effect. Have you lost it? Are you enchanted with the world at all? I love what Ted said, just the possibilities every day, like, just getting this routine. I was, again, in New York, and I was thinking about this. I was riding the subway, which... I mean, one of the, the greatest achievements of my life now is uh, figuring out the New York City subway. I was like, I'm fascinated. It's like a puzzle. I was like, oh, I can get here, all this. But I was like, I was sitting there, and, you know, it's just how things strike you. And I was just looking around at the people. And, I mean, yeah, it's what you imagine. And, I mean, it's just dirty and everything. But uh, just everybody was like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm pretending to hold? I don't have it up here. You know what, I'm, what, what am I pretending to hold? Come on, come on. What was it? A cell iPhone. Everybody's like holding like this, you know, sitting down like this. Now it's like nobody's looking around. I'm the only one. I'm just observing. And then I was traveling back yesterday, and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit and get a bite to eat. And it, was at a, it was at a bar. Like, I got a burger and everything, you know, and a drink. Okay? Was at, but I was like looking around. Like everybody, so this one guy's eating like this, Okay. <laughs> You know, waiting on a, on a flight to catch. And I was like, we've lost, like, just with the wonder of life, of people, of lives. I mean, there's some definite, definite great benefits technology, but like, we, we want that wonder, and that's why we're looking there, but like, you know, I don't know riding the subway or going to, going to church. There's just, there's no wonder. We look for escapist means. And yet, God has offered, you know, whether it's a vision of Jesus, supernaturally and literally, or it's a vision of Jesus uh, just through a, a relationship in need or a friend in need or a, a conversation that could be encouraging, but is not because we just don't think we have any sense of relating or connecting at all. So to encourage you, like this is real. It's not just about, it's real for today. that You could see visions. I think we miss visions all the time. I'm not about the literal, but like, yes, on a subway or... You know, traveling or, or here or, you know, with, 
family watching the Masters this afternoon, you know, with a kid. I mean, miss out on those opportunities. So then, as as an encouragement, Saul is changed and he's saved, okay? Another encouragement that I would give to you, and we love these stories. Uh, Some of y'all who believe you're saved, believe you're Christian. I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying, you're like, yes, I'm I'm there. I always uh, have heard, and I love this, there are two types of salvations, uh, the irrigation way and the pickaxe way. And here's what I mean by this. All of us are hard soil. All of us are hard dirt. How do you get anything to grow in hard dirt? Either one of two ways. Either you irrigate it constantly with water, and I'm no farmer, so please, you farmers out there, I know you may correct me. But either you, you irrigate the soil so it will grow, or if there's no rain, you just break it up and you bring the pickaxe down. We've done this in Honduras, digging and, um, for, for uh, wells. So here, Saul gets the pickaxe salvation, where, where God, just, God brings the hammer down. You know? We love these stories. And so it's encouragement. Some of you have had those stories. You're like, live this way, you, you know, breathing whatever. Maybe it wasn't murder and threats. Maybe it was, it was pride, breathing pride, breathing greed, uh, breathing addiction, breathing lust. You know, all that. And God brings, just say, the hammer down. And, you know, you're, you're changed. You're saved. And believe that's totally possible. We love to hear that. And I'm encouraging you to believe that. But there's another way, too, that was like my way of salvation and also many of yours. It's like, well, I don't remember a time when I wasn't a Christian or just new. And that, like, moment of salvation. I mean, I got baptized, but may not even realize, like, when the hammer kind of came down. That's the irrigation way. So as, a, as an encouragement to all of us, I mean, God works in both those ways. So I call it, you know, I was an irrigation guy. And that's biblical too. If you know your Bible and you read through Timothy, whom Paul was encouraging and mentored, Timothy was saved. Through the, he was like, man, my grandmother, my mom, I just always knew about uh, faith and religion then came to know Christ. So as encouragement, there are these two ways that you can be saved. But then... Let's keep on with the encouragement. Got a little bit more time left. You know what's interesting is he saw the vision of Jesus and then he couldn't see for a while. And that's many of us. Like you, you become a Christian. Uh, maybe you even you see an image, a, a vision of Christ, but you don't totally see clearly. Like what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. I'm going to use, okay. So another New York story, okay. I was, uh, had dinner with a girl, uh, one night, it was an old family friend, okay? So I've known her all my life, and she lives in New York. She's working as an actress, or she's an aspiring actress, okay? And grew up in Mississippi, you know, did, did the old Miss thing, moved. So she's got like two jobs, and then, you know, but she's an actress, but she's got two other jobs trying to make ends meet. Same story, you know, actor's life in New York. She goes to church. Here's what I mean by that. She'd be a Christian, and she said, I. And this is for y'all too. You may not admit it, and I'm very thankful she did. Like, I, she said, I struggle so much in the Bible. I mean, especially living up here. I mean, she said, I struggle. I'm a Christian, and I believe in Jesus. But, like, some of the things, like, she brought up two things that are very controversial, okay? She's like, like women, the Bible says, you know, the Bible says they're not to be elders. Like, <laughs> and she's like, I'm not all pro-pro-woman's, you know, movement here, Okay? And then, you know, just like you know, the whole same-sex thing. It's like all these friends in, in my community as an actor. And I go to church, and 
I'm trying to read the Bible cover to cover, and I'm just, it's like I'm not clear. And I was like, man, that's great, okay? And, and to you, I would say, that is great. To admit that you wrestle with those things is awesome, to have that courage. Because once you say, like, I'm a believer, I believe the Bible, I believe it all, but I struggle with this, and I'm not totally clear how, and I was like, that is, that's awesome. I, you know, I wish, I wish I heard that more, to admit that. So you can be saved and see Jesus, but now for, for Saul, it was three days he didn't see clear. But you can be like, you know, I just, I'm not clear. To, to encourage, some of y'all may think that, and some of you may, in our culture and context, may have never been encouraged. Like, good, that's okay. You know why? Or at least I can say this, because I'm here as a pastor, but not just me. You may be like, I, you know, I don't want to hang with you, or I don't want to have coffee or lunch with you. Uh, but there are others here too. And see, in this passage, there was an Ananias. We didn't read all about that. But if you read all of Acts 9, there is a guy named Ananias who helps Paul see clearly again, who was an encourager. And then there's a, I mean, the Lord shows himself in a vision to Ananias and said, you got to go to him, brother. And then Ananias, because he says, no, this guy killed Christian. And then if you catch it, not that you've read it already, but verse 17, he calls Saul a brother. He says, brother Saul. Before this, like, I don't know about this Lord. I mean, this dude's got this reputation. And the Lord says, no, go, because I'm going to use him. And I need to use you to encourage him, to help him see clearly. And so there was an Ananias. And so the reason I encourage you to say, like, if, you don't, if you've seen, like, Jesus, and I'm like, I got the stamp, I'm done, but I still don't see clearly, then I'm encouraging you because there should be, the reason the church is here is that there would be Ananiases in your life and Barnabases in your life. And that... I definitely feel called to that, and I want some other brothers and sisters to feel called to that. And thank God, this girl who's a friend, a dear family friend, is like, so thankful. I've got an older woman at my church, and she is walking with me through Scripture. And she is talking about me and taking me through so I can, I can see more and more clearly. So she's not just like lost out on her own. Praise God. That's the reason for the church. I mean, we don't come in. We do. If you've got, if you've got past... I, See how to say this best. If if there are brothers and sisters like, man, you don't have it all figured out clearly like day one, that is that is not that is not the truth. Okay? And sometimes we have this expectation that that's how we've got to, to be and look and act. Instead, we say, I believe and Jesus saved me, but I, I don't see everything clearly. I need help. We can ask for help. And there should be brothers and sisters that would call you a brother and a sister and say, hey, man, I want to walk you through it. I want to disciple you. I want to mentor you. I want to be an encourager. So I'm, I'm like literally, totally, completely offering that as pastor. But what is more important than that is like I'm trying to encourage you. Like people need y'all. And, and some of y'all don't, some of y'all actually don't need to be encouraged. Some of y'all just need to ask, like, you know, just say that, like, I just don't, I'm a Christian, I just don't, I don't get everything, I need help. And we want to be here as a, if we're saying raising unlikely leaders, then we need to raise encouragers and Ananiases and Barnabases. Whether it's in youth, or students, in a men's group, in a women's group, in a small group, on a mission trip. Every conversation can go one of two ways. Remember that, as encourager or not. So let me close with this, that last verse. Verse, uh, Verse 31, or the last verse that uh, we read. They were encouraged. 
This is a community. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged, encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Encouraged by the Holy Spirit. I mean, do those words, do you believe those words? Uh, are you encouraged by the Holy Spirit? Are you encouraged by spirit-filled believers? So I would ask us now as another community, as, as a church, as a family, we, we, threw, we throw those words a lot. Uh, where are you now, Sunday after Easter? I know you're like, I'm here. No, but where are you spiritually? Where are you in this passage? You could be uh, any of a number of folks. You could, you could be persecuting the Lord Jesus. You could, again, be breathing pride, greed, lust, addiction. Be breathing that. Are you there? Thank God you're here. If That's where you are spiritually. Have you seen a vision of Christ? You may be there. You may be there and then you're like, but I don't see everything clearly. Thank God you're here. You may be, you may be born, born, gifted, equipped to be an Ananias or a Barnabas or a Lydia. Okay? Later in Acts, we're going to see her. Her who's led a leader in the church. You know, are you seeking to be baptized? I mean, a huge blessing uh, Monday after, you know, baptism last week. There are three people, you know, that want to be baptized. So we're going to be having a baptism service probably before summer. Praise God. Uh, I love uh, Acts 9. Later on, as Ananias says, he says, verse 17, that you, Saul, may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once, something like scales fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized immediately. I love that. That um, you know, Immediately, he was baptized. Where are you in all that? Because let me say this. The encouragement is to all, all those types, the persecutors, the vision seers, the ones that have seen a vision but still not clear, the NIs, that is the church. Okay? Like, we're not all called to be Saul to become Paul's, uh, or Peter's, uh, or John's, or, or Timothy's, or, or even elders, or even deacons, or even staff. But the church is this community that's diverse that, yes, some folks are, some folks are persecuting, but they're here. Some folks are not clear, but some folks are encouragers. Some folks are ready to be baptized. All of it together. That encourages me as a church. And as, as pastor of this church, I'm encouraged us to be more and more open to where we are. But stick together is like, man, we're a body. We're a family. We're a community. And then you're encouraged by the Spirit to see these individual people with individual gifts knitted together and being open in life, saying, this is, this is my call in life. This is where I am. And God is at work here. And then I'm encouraged by the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, encourage us. Encourage these, your people. Uh, not by me or not by anybody else, but by your spirit. I, I pray that the shy people here that won't ever speak up would, would speak up in a, uh, in, a, in a way that's either to me or to another leader and say, you know, I want to grow more. Uh, that those who maybe are always willing to speak up uh, would, would be willing and ready to, to mentor and disciple someone else and, and share that, that vocally. Uh, that we would just be more connected as, as a unit, as a tribe, as a family. That there is encouraged by your spirit, but people would just see it over and over again, more and more. That there would be these, sometimes that we, that making fun of words like, because I have enchantment or wonder, that that would be, that would be felt here. 
more and more. But even more so just in our life as believers. Uh, wherever we are, wherever you take us, that we would just be totally open that we would see a vision of you or see a cross light up and it's no tech or no, nothing jacked up or planned or to doing that. That it was just, that's just you. That we'd be totally just open to that possibility. I pray that for my life, for this church's life, that we're encouraged more and more by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.